We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the good folks at WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Please go support them in the six states that have that available right now and as they rapidly expand, they are our exclusive sponsor for our podcast. Chris List, Jeff Erickson here. We are excited. We had our big NFFC draft weekend. Uh, I did the NFFC Classic, the 14-teamer in the morning in Vegas and then I sat in on Liss's draft in the afternoon, the 12-team primetime draft. Uh, Chris, good weekend, good draft weekend. Uh, how did everything go for you? I mean, I was happy. I, I didn't like my slot four. It was my, you know, one of my last slots that I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like I made the best with, of it. I went exactly as I thought it would go, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was almost scary. Like, it actually made me feel kind of good because, like, I felt like these guys were drafted off my cheat sheet for a couple of rounds. Like, literally, I'd have five guys queued. And out of the next seven picks, those five guys would go in, like, the sixth round. You know, not, like, yeah. in the second round. Um, and I was like, wow, they're just taking all the guys I like. But I guess that's good. That means I like the right guys. Um, but I felt good. You know, I got the guys I wanted. I was aggressive where I needed to be. I was cautious where I needed to be. I felt like, you know, I mean, we won't know till the season really starts. But um, I was happy with it. I feel like it was it was a hard draft, but it was I was prepared. And I got the guys I wanted. I, I liked your draft. I think you got a better team than me for the format. You got a 14-team format. Right. But I was, you know, I, I felt like I did as well as I could have with the slot that I had. Yeah. So let's, let's start off. You went, you started out at four, like you said, one of your least favorite spots, third round reverse. That's key. And a uh, normal snake draft four isn't that bad. You get a pretty good guy in the third beginning of the third round that you're right. pretty happy with. Yeah. Um, it's the third round where really, you really start to feel it. Um, now the, the, the plus side is you get a guy you like theoretically up at the top, but you know, there's some enough risk between four and 12 that there, you know, a lot of people said there's not that much of a gap. What say you on that? I mean, I hear you. I, I mean, it's certainly by the ADP. That's true, right? I mean, I took Taylor. Yeah. I've seen Taylor go in the second round. Um, I, you know, you, you see like, you know, Eckler went 11th, right? He sometimes could go four, or Kelsey went 10th or um, Zeke Elliott went eighth. You know, they go four sometimes. So um, it's kind of a crapshoot. I think four is where the draft starts, right? It was McCaffrey, Cook, Camara. Camara after the Winston uh, was announced as the starter. It's kind mm-hmm. of the no-brainer number three or even number two. And then the draft starts. And the guy I like best is Taylor. I got to take him. He's not going to be there on the way back. He's the guy I like best. 
Um, and then I was like, I'm going to get AJ Brown. I was telling everyone that's who I'm getting. Uh, I thought for a second I might get Chubb, who went uh, a pick before me, but of course he went. And all the guys went. You know, I mean, when I when I got to it, my pick is basically Brown. Like if you have my list, you're getting Brown every time because you're looking at Jefferson Diggs, Aaron Jones, Ridley, Harris, Barkley, Hopkins, Chubb, Brown. With like four of those guys to go, I was like, oh, at worst, I'm getting Hopkins. At worst. And mm -hmm. I'm probably getting Brown. And if I'm lucky, I'll get Barkley or Chubb, who, you know, I missed by a few picks. But, you know, I, it just happened exactly the way I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, it's good that you at least you could predict what was going to happen, but it's bad because you didn't get a windfall. Uh, and that's just the, that's the thing. I mean, it's sometimes at these NFFC drafts you do because it's a get your guy sort of draft. Unfortunately, no one thought their guy was a guy that was below what you wanted. I mean, it was very right. formful. Nobody grabbed, right. If anybody took, um, you know, Darren Waller or right. CH or Mixon, and I've seen all those guys go mid second, um, especially Mixon. Uh, yeah. You know, then I get Chubb or, you know, depending on who it was or Barkley or whoever. Um, but uh, maybe I just have a choice between Brown and Hopkins and I would have taken Brown anyway. But um, I knew that was what I was getting. And I'm not like mad about it. I'm fine with AJ Brown. I'll, I'm perfectly happy with that. But it was just like, man, I would have loved to get Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley there. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the thing that you're just, you know, it's funny. I, I'm sitting at 12 and I wanted Chubb in the first round. And right. you almost got him in the second. He went one pick ahead of me, though. It's like, uh, and you know, and the thing is, like Nick Chubb, even in a PPR, he was like running back seven last year. I mean, it's like, yeah, you may not, you may, you may get frustrated because, like, oh, he could be so much better if they just threw him, threw it to him a little bit more. Cream Hunt steals from him all the time, and he still gets there though for you. That's the thing. I love that in a first round pick. You know, he's just got that crazy high floor. Um, so a Taylor Chubb start would have been sick, but I mean, again, I'm not mad about AJ Brown. That's fine. That's who I expected. That's who I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm fine with having a guy who could be wide receiver one. I mean, he's that good. Right. That's yeah. And so that, that, that's fun. You, you get that start and you're like, okay, let's go. Uh, let's do it that there. Uh, so you got your, your one, two that you kind of start. then you wait, you have to wait 12 more picks, uh, because you are, uh, because yeah, you're sitting more. there. Yep. Um, and you know, Again, it's formful. Lamb's gone. Allen's gone. McLaurin's gone. Allen, Allen Robinson's gone. Even Godwin. Godwin. Even Mahomes yeah. and Godwin. Who I was looking at Mahomes and Godwin, I was like, I could consider those two guys. Even James yeah. Robinson, who is like my third round guy a lot, he's gone. So yeah. and Montgomery, right. So my top two running backs that were left at that point and all of my top receivers were just taken away from me before yep. that pick. And the crazy thing is that if I pick... Well, if I pick fifth, I probably get Taylor and Chubb, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And if you pick 12th, you could possibly have gotten, say, um, the guy took Metcalf, could have gotten Metcalf, Taylor, and Brown. You know, I mean, like, right. you might get what my two first round picks plus DK Metcalf, right? I mean, it's like, right. you could have get that at 12. So it's, it's a tough spot, but it is what it is. So I take Deontay Johnson as the guy that I said I would get and that I wanted. Um, there were a bunch of receivers like him, Cooper Cup, Mari Cooper. Mike Evans that I kind of thought were all equal. Um, and I took one of them, the one I wanted most. So I just was like, okay, I'll get two receivers. Now I get Deontay Johnson and on the way back, Mike Evans is still there. If someone had taken Evans instead of Judy right before me, I might've taken Kyle Pitts. That was going to be my other pick, but I right. really agonized over it. I sat there, Evans or Pitts. And I was like, man, Pitts has so much upside, but I was like, you know, Evans is so good with a good quarterback that he scores a lot of touchdowns. I'm like, I'm just going to take Evans. I, I was, that was the, 
conservative thing that I did. The only like really conservative play that I made was taking uh, Mike Evans over Pitts. Yeah. Well, you know what though? I, you start off with three awesome wide receivers. Evans is in a really good offense. Uh, and honestly, it's only because Team 3, who I was sitting next to, I was actually in Vegas sitting in your chair, basically announcing your picks to everyone. Team 3, I was having a good conversation with. They they jumped Judy and because they knew they they wanted him. Right. They were getting him on the way back. There's probably. no way he's coming back. He's going yeah. at the end of the fourth. That's And that, I think this is an interesting discussion. But So they take him, and that slots in Evans. That's the only reason why you get him. Because there, I think there is a drop-off there. Then you're going DJ Moore or Ayuk, or you're, you're finding that other wide receiver to jump. Uh, so it, it kind of dictates your strategy. Now, talking about these guys, Julie, Jerry Judy is a helium guy. Um, we'll talk about Marquez Calloway in my draft. He's a helium guy. LaVisca Chenault's a helium guy. There's certain guys that you're starting to see that are climbing the draft boards. If you happen to be that guy, uh, or be on that guy, you know, do you jump in on that? Or how do you handle that when you know he's not coming back? Because uh, I, I had a similar situation where, like, there's a guy really on, but if I don't jump him, I'm not getting him. And how do you handle that sort of situation? I mean, I think there's two ways to handle it. You can jump him and make sure you get him, or you can do what Pino does and say, give yourself a chance to get lucky and get him on the way back. Um, yeah. And I did that with uh, Elijah Moore, although you, one could say I jumped him in round nine. When I took AJ Dillon in round eight because I really needed a running back, I was I was worried I was going to miss out on more, and I got lucky and I got him back. Um, so it just depends what you need. Um, but I think if you really like the guy the most, like it really, it's by far the best player left on the board for you. Go ahead and jump him. I can't fault Team Three for doing that because they wanted Judy. Yep. They didn't want to gamble on getting him back, which was unlikely. Um, and. That's fine. It did give me Mike Evans. It cost me Kyle Pitts because if they take Evans, I snap call Pitts there at four. Yes, yeah. as a ceiling plan. Right. And I think I think you if you get your guy, like I didn't end I ended up not getting Elijah Moore in my draft. Uh so here's where the ADP is useful. You know, the NFFC's ADP is great. You can start just for the NFFC classic. And there were two classic drafts before I did mine on Saturday morning. I had a a pick in the eighth round. You know, I, I could have, you know, I was at pick one ten. That, that was where my, I was slotting. So my choice was jump Elijah Moore at 87 or hope he gets to me at 110. Well, he had gone at like 103 and 107, the two previous classic drafts. I knew that waiting on him probably wasn't going to get him. And sure enough, he went two before me. You know, it's like he went as late as he was possibly going to go, and I still didn't get him. Um, so that, that was the thing. So do I jump him uh, and, and pass up someone like DJ Chark? I decided not to. I decided that Chark was... Still, I would take Chark. I would take Chark. I mean, I love Elijah Moore's upside, but I think Chark has the upside and a little bit more floor. Yeah. Um, I I would do that. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, it's it's not it's like right. fifty two forty eight, but I I agree with that. I, I think, you know, it depends how much you want the guy, but usually, um, Pinau is right that you, um, if there's a plausible chance, like 25, 30, 40 percent, uh, and it's close enough, take the value guy and hope you get both, uh, and. Uh, but if your guy is just by far, you know, the guy that you have to have, then go ahead and pay up. I think that's kind of the rule. You know, if you really need to have him, if it's just a guy that you like, you know, that you're hoping to get, get greedy and try to get both. Yep. And I, I, I am, and you know, he, you know, Elijah, uh, a question asked uh, about Elijah Moore versus Crowder, for instance. Uh, well, you know, Moore is more of a deep threat, first of all. Um, I, he can make the big play where I, I think Crowder is more of a possession guy. I also think, uh, Moore's going to get more targets than Crowder. I think he, you know, it, it's only Corey Davis. That's assured targets is the way I look at it. And the way you wrote in the article, your article uh, about your draft. 
Uh, it is a crowded situation in, in New York, but everybody is raving about Elijah Moore. Uh, everyone, you know, his teammates, his peers, AJ Brown, uh, Odell Beckham is, is raving about him. And yeah, you, this is all hype. It's a lot of hype. I understand that, nope. but pure hype is one, you know, especially not the same team, pure hype, something I'm going to buy into a little bit. Yeah. I like that. And, and it's just, you know, with the jets, like if it's either Elijah Moore is the real thing or he's not, if he's not, it doesn't matter if he is Jameson Crowder's not a problem. I mean, you can't get caught up in like, oh, but Jamison Crowder's there. You know, as Mike Trout gets called up, oh, but Bobby Abreu and Vernon Wells are still there. You know, right, no, it right. doesn't matter. If Mike Trout's Mike Trout, obviously no one knew how good he's going to be. Um, those kind of, you know, mediocre veteran types are not going to block them. And you can't get worried about that. You just have to say either this is for real or it's not. If it's not, it's not really going to matter. I'm not going to want to use him anyway. I'll drop him. Um, if it is for real, there's no one on that team that's going to stand in his way. That's right. Uh, before we continue breaking down Lissa's team and my teams uh, and the resulting dra uh, surrounding draft issues, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Lissa's got a system for digital roulette, by the way. Yes, you I can do. ask him about that. It's a special article, though. Yeah. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. All right, Jeff and Chris here. We're talking NFFC. We're talking about some of the drafts. Uh, so you end. You, know, you got your. Uh, you got Mike Evans in the fourth. You know, you, did, you strongly considered Kyle Pitts, but decided to pass on wait, maybe wait, maybe see if you can get the tight end in rounds five or six. Right. That was my idea. And the thing is, the reason I almost took Pitts over Evans is that I feel like I had a weak draft slot. As I said, you could get, there's going to be leagues where uh, a guy has Taylor and Brown in the second and third, and he's got, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> Metcalf or Tyreek Hill or, you know, Nick Chubb or whoever is his first round right. pick in addition. And I'm going to have Deontay Johnson instead of that guy. So um, there's going to be, I, I'm in a weak slot. So I, part of me was like, why don't I just swing for the fences? You know, like take some crazy picks like Kyle, but not crazy in round four, but take a guy that could just totally dominate. But I, I just figured, you know what? I'm going to just play it a little conventional. I'll go bigger later in the draft. So that was sort of my, I, that was sort of a, uh, a decision point in round four. Sure. Interestingly enough, though, you didn't end up with you had two bites of the apple to try to get one of those tight ends and didn't take it. Right. Um, and, and that that's the thing that's in, a little bit interesting to me is the C is like, what could you know, what could you do here uh, that could make it a little bit different there? And uh, instead, you you took Miles Sanders in round five and he and you know Josh Jacobs have been sliding a lot in these drafts as wide receivers get pushed up, as you know, quarterbacks are starting to get pushed up. These are the running backs that get pushed down a little bit. You ended up with Sanders. You have a lot of Sanders. Yeah, it's a really weird guy to have a lot of because he's very shaky. Like I'm counting on him and more than I probably want to. 
But in the end of round five, I just thought this is the starter on the Eagles, and this guy can catch passes. Um, he's he may not you know have great hands, but he had 50 catches as rookie. Um, he's the starter. He's the definite starter playing next to Jalen Hurts. He's going to get a lot of big runs. He's fast. Um, he's explosive. He had really good stats when Hurts was the quarterback last year. He's the unquestioned starter right now. There's nobody. They're not saying it's him in Boston Scott. He's the guy. And I just felt like, you know, I've got Taylor, but that's one running back. And I just couldn't pass up the second running back. I just felt like it was him or Edwards. I, I just decided there's some running backs I like in this range. You know, Javante Williams went. So Sanders and Edwards were next. And I like Henderson a little bit. Um, but I took Sanders over Edwards. That was the call. And Edwards went with the next pick. But I wanted the second running back. I just felt that was more important than the tight end. And then I might get a tight end in round six. But of course, Justin Herbert's my guy. And I think Herbert might be QB one. I think the upside is so big with this guy. And he's been going early seventh. And I could have played chicken, taken Hawkinson or uh, Mark Andrews, who almost made it back to me in round seven, but didn't quite a few picks away. Um, and I just said, you know what? Herbert's the guy I really care about more. Like, I, I feel like Hawkinson yep. might catch 85, 90 passes for, you know, 900 yards and five touchdowns. And Andrews might catch nine or 10 touchdowns with like 780 yards and 68 catches. But I just felt like having a 5,000-yard, 40-touchdown quarterback was the more important thing, so I took Herbert. Yeah. The only thing you didn't do is pair Herbert with one of his receivers. Uh, that you know, I, I would have like tried to find a way to get Mike Williams on your squad or even late going to Josh Palmer maybe or some, somewhere where you have like if, if he goes off and you have someone that rides along with him there, you have that combination. It's not necessary. I think it's a bonus. It's a plus. I, I – you know, I think, you know, you're not taking him. I, I think you did the right. I mean, Mike Williams went a little bit before Elijah Moore. So you're fine. I mean, I, I would have taken more anyhow, too. I mean, I like if Williams goes to round 10. But here's the thing is like Mike Williams. I like him. I like Mike Williams, but I've kind of soured on him when he was hurt again in camp. You know, he missed some time in camp. And I was sure. just like, you know, that guy just always hurt. Like maybe he stays healthy this year, but uh, it's been a while he's been in the league. He's such a big dude. He, he lands hard. Um, he's good. Um, there's, there's definitely upside. I, I, yeah, I don't mind stacking if, if the value's there, but I took Herbert and then round seven came and round seven was really a no man's land for me. That was like where Andrews is gone. That was a snap call. If he made it three more picks. Yeah. yeah someone, someone took Marcus Callaway right before me, which cracks me up. Oh, um, that's not even close to the, I know, I, I know. We'll talk about that. So, <laughs> so funny. I mean, maybe it's right, but I have no idea. You know, Sutton went early seven Chark went Antonio Brown went. So I was kind of like, okay, what do I do? I was totally stuck. Um, and it was either, I figured like I would get another receiver. Um, I thought about Ronald Jones, but I was like, it's, and I just kind of, just kind of impulsively took Pittman over Devonta Smith, um, with Hilton out indefinitely. I kind of feel like Pittman's going to be the number one. And what if he's yeah. good in his second? What if he's right? He's kind of like a Mike Evans type. What if he's actually really good? And I looked at Boyd, another guy who slipped and I couldn't pull the trigger on Boyd. That, that was what it actually came down to is Boyd or Pittman. I, I was like. Oh yeah, Boyd's a, an easy 85 catches. And I was like thinking about it. And I was like, the Bengals offense might have offensive line problems. And I'm like, and there's those other two guys. I was like, nah, I can't take Boyd. The safe thing. And if he's 75 catches for 900 yards and six touchdowns, that's going to be a real waste. So I kind of, I got more aggressive. This is where I started to push it a little bit with Sanders, uh, Herbert early Pittman. I started to like go a little more upside. Sure. I, I see it uh, for what it's worth. 
team three next to you. That was when they, they started cursing your name. I mean, I'm nice. sure they cursed your name many other times in life, but yes. and for, in this draft in particular, they cursed your name a little bit there. Uh, they, I think they got you back, uh, later on in the draft, but, uh, you know, it was, it was in our, Oh, and I, I remember exactly where it was. It was, uh, you know, with, uh, they got you with Jamal Williams later on. Um, and that was big because it was like three running backs. You wanted all in a row that so, just got snagged. Like, yeah. So yeah. So round eight, I take AJ Dillon cause I've just got Taylor and Sanders and I need a third running back. So Dylan, I think is going to be a co-starter with Aaron. He's a second round pick Dylan. It wasn't like some guy they picked up. I mean, it's a guy that pedigreed guy that they pushed up to get and you know he's going to get a lot of carries and aaron jones is not like a, a workhorse really he gets like 220 carries he doesn't get 260 mm -hmm. but dylan's gonna get a lot of work but then i wanted you know and, and then i was like uh oh the dylan pick might have cost me elijah moore who i was like buying into the hype and it went all the way back and i got him and i was very relieved okay good i got my two guys but now i need another running back and there's all these running backs zach moss i don't really like drake but fournette i like connor i like a little but it's really Moss, Fournette, Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams may be the starter. Um, and they all went right in front of me, just like in order. And my guy Landry. So the six picks were just like, took away everybody I was interested in. So I reached a bit, but uh, I took Ramondre Stevenson because all the good stuff I said about Damon Harris because of Cam being released and Mac Jones getting the job also applies to Stevenson, who looked like a monster this preseason. Yeah. And even if Harris is the starter, which he probably is, um, you know, he can get hurt. And then Stevenson's probably the guy. But I don't even know for sure, you know, with Belichick, it wouldn't be that surprising if, if Stevenson got 18 carries in week one and Harris, Harris got like 10. I mean, it wouldn't be a shock. There's no announcement of who's the top guy. Right. You just have to be lucky to find the right week to start him. That's the only thing. You know? And hope that it coincides with a week where you're not using Taylor or Sanders or something like that. Uh, but no, you know, but that's look, the point with all of these running backs, though, at this point. Well, no, but yeah, exactly. Pollard went in the same round. I mean, he's a backup, you know, and yeah. Gio Bernard went in the same round and Naheem Hines. Stevenson, I think, has the best chance to be a starter. I mean, again, Harris is the starter probably. Right. But this is the Patriots. This isn't like some team where it's like, oh, the guy who's been there is, of course, the guy. Who the hell right. knows? You know, we, you know, so I took him as an upside. Another aggressive pick once I lost the guys that I, wa I really wanted. Well, both Dylan and Stevenson have that potential, like, if they were the starter, they could be a top 10 guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's what you're kind of looking for there. And both Dylan and Stevenson have a lot of helium right now. They're both climbing up draft boards. Uh, it, you know, they're, they're the one there. Dylan's been that way for a while, actually. He, he's one of the, and, and I think one of the things about Dylan too is Aaron Jones has paid, gotten paid. And that actually skews in favor of Dylan a little bit because now the Packers have, have an investment in right. Jones and they want to protect that a little bit. They can't just, Okay, we're just gonna, you know, you use him really hard here because he's gonna be a free agent at the end. No, they, they're he he's part of the team for a while now. They they have to protect him a little bit, and I think that skews in favor of Dylan a little bit. Yeah, uh, plus, Dylan never, can play. We've seen it; he can play. Yeah, Dylan might be good. And the other thing is, Jones' career high in carries is like two twenty or something, or two thirty. It's not; he's not a workhorse. Right. Last year he had two hundred one. Two years ago, two thirty six in sixteen games. He's just not going to get a ridiculous workload. And um, I could see Dylan just, if he's good, if he's like, you know, running people over Derrick Henry style, they're going to give him the ball. And I think they could turn uh, uh, Jones even more into an Alvin Kamara type where he's only getting 180 carries and getting, you know, 70 catches or 65 catches. And you see Dylan getting 230 carries, 220 carries, because right. that's, that makes sense. You know, why not smash them with your uh, early down bruiser and, 
let your, you know, when the guy's worn down and, you know, get your sort of talented three down back in there. So, um, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that. He's my most owned player, Dylan. I got him in five leagues out of nine. Wow. Wow. I have to, and I have to do my count. It's, I'm in more leagues than nine, unfortunately. But, uh, and I say unfortunately now, but I enjoy the drafts and I enjoy playing different styles. But uh, still, and I still got my original league, my home league that started our company. It's still, that drafts on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, before we uh, continue uh, looking at our leagues, uh, a quick note from our friends at Fancy Stand. Playing fancy sports is so much fun, but once you dive deeper fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, baby sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry in the contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. For pick them, you simply pick one player from each tier they, they are presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results to see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand out from the rest. Come out as a high score. Get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit fantasystand.com to sign up today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks to Fancy Stan. Thanks to our Blue Wire sponsors. Uh, we are back. We are discussing our NFFC drafts. I post a link to Chris's article. He describes his team, uh, breaks down his team uh, in the uh, chat. If you're following along right now, you can check out uh, Chris's grid. I'll do uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll set up the uh, link for mine in a second here as well. We'll do that here. Uh, you know, quick, uh, you know, uh, quick uh, question about uh, Julia asked about AJ Dillon. Uh, how's his hand? How's he, ca- you know, hasn't seen him catch any balls yet. Can you handle, can he handle third down? Uh, what, what's your thought on that aspect of him? I mean, I don't think he's going to handle a lot of third downs unless unless uh, Aaron Jones gets hurt. Right. And even then, um, you know, is Kylan Hill going to get some third down? I don't know. So um, I, I didn't get him for a third down. I only have him projected for um, about 
15 catches. I got to look at what's this projection, 18 catches. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he can catch. And, uh, but you know, Derek Henry doesn't catch Nick Chubb doesn't catch that much. His upside is, you know, being Gus Edwards type. That's sort of like the, the bullish case is Gus Edwards. And the very bullish case is, you know, one of those studs. If something happens to Aaron Jones. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So, yeah, but again, you're looking, you know, you're looking for a guy that could be the starter there. You're, you're hoping for that to happen. Uh, couple other guys. So, By the way, this commenter, uh, Appendy Graft, is super annoying. He got uh, he got Jonathan Taylor, Barkley, and A.J. Brown to start his draft, which is like, oh my that's gosh. it. That's the nuts. You pick 12, Taylor and Barkley slip. This happens. This is not impossible. And then first pick around three and reversely get A.J. Brown. That's what I'm talking about, how sick that is. But, you know, I was picking four. I had to deal with what I had to deal with. But that's, that's unfair. All right. So you waited on tight end. And you waited... And then you waited some long, even longer and got your guy Gronk in the 12th round. And then you yeah. backed him up with two others. I like that. I like how you handled it. You did what you said you were going to do. You were either going to go in the top two tiers or you were going to wait. You waited and got three. Yeah, no way I was going to go Noah fan. Although when Higby went after I took Stevenson, uh, I was a little bit like, ooh, I like Higby. But yeah. um, okay, fine. Yeah, I was going to take Gronk in round 11, but I was like, you know what? I got to gamble. Chuba Hubbard has, you know, Tons of upside if anything happens to McCaffrey. And then I took Gronk. He was there. Um, but Gronk is older and he's been hurt a lot. So um, I knew I was going to get more tight ends. But I still got Rieger, who I like as a year two first round pick. who could go nuts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I want to get a second QB. Everyone gets a backup. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't, re- I didn't look and realize that he has the same bye week as Herbert. But I could probably pick up a nutless monkey like Sam Darnold during the bye week or something. But uh, the point is that... Uh, I got Lawrence because I couldn't turn down the value in 14. And then I got Komet and Ertz. So I felt like that was my weakest position. Obviously, I didn't start. I didn't take one to round 12. And I've got three guys who I think could be good. And I like the old tight ends. Ertz is only 30. You know, he caught 88 passes two years ago. um, And he's having a good camp. So I I think he's got upside. I think Komet is a second-round pick who um, is in a very thin receiving core right now. So I I like them both. And between those two and Gronk, I'm just hoping – I'm just hoping – uh, it's obvious by week four which one is the best because the worst thing that can happen, and it's part of fantasy football, is they're all pretty good, uh-huh. but you're you're getting whipsawed and starting the wrong guy. And with three guys, I mean, you're almost certainly going to get it wrong. Yeah, th- that is the downside to that. There, uh, you you want definition really quick. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned that the bye week issue for your quarterbacks. Yeah, you can you can get away with that a little bit in a twelve and a fourteen teamer. You're kind of screwed a little bit because then you're looking at you know, probably really drags. I mean, you're hoping what you're at Taylor, you know, you're going to pick up Tyrod Taylor or someone like that, you know, for, for the week. But again, like um, it's pretty, it's not that bad though. Even the 14, you would think weeks ahead, you'd be looking for that QB weeks ahead and you'd be looking at the schedule and you'd be planning out like pouncing, you know, on one that dropped, but yeah, this one, it won't be a big deal, but it just, it's just funny that I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, Oh wait, they got the same bye week. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. Any other observations from your team before we move on? Um, I liked it. Uh, picking a kicker, <laughs> a decent kicker, cost me uh, my guy Kadarius Tony. I sort of regretted that. Um, I uh, I thought yeah. that was like your, that was a token mistake, uh, only because I don't think there's much separation between the Bucks and anybody else. Well, it's team kicker though. Remember, so I I, I do think a, a really elite team that's like the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, 
is worth getting the kicker, right? You want kickers on good teams pretty much because if they don't get field goals, they'll get touchdowns and extra points. Um, so I think there's some value in it. Uh, it's just that um, I just like Kadarius Tony, and I probably could have got the bu- – I might have been able to get the Bucks kicker anyway, uh, but I thought I could get Tony anyway. But then I get Elijah Mitchell. So if Elijah Mitchell's good, it actually helped me that I got the kicker. But personally, I, I was hoping for Tony over Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I, I probably would have, and I think you would have gotten Mitchell regardless. So I would have. No, and, I, was, I didn't want Mitchell. I want I'm, the guy I lost that was Tony, who I thought I was going to get. No, I'm saying you would have, I'm saying you would have gotten Mitchell in the 20th if you decided to take Tony. No, I was going to get, I was going to get two, two. I, I didn't care about Mitchell. I, he was just the sub uh, for yeah. Tony. I was going to take two gotcha. defenses, but I see. Um, but I, I just basically taking the Bucks kicker cost me Tony and got me Mitchell. Whereas if I took, uh, Tony and the Bucks kicker was gone. I would have had some random kicker. Right, right. Let's move on to my team. So we did. I did the fourteen teamer in the morning, and you wouldn't be. It, it takes six rounds for uh, you know, make up that you know for a full round of players to drop. First of all, people when you when you're looking at the draft results there, and I posted the the draft grid on that one, you'll see really quickly that the qualitative drop difference drops off really quickly when you're trying to do a, a team build. And that kind of informed some of my decisions. I didn't really want to have an extreme strategy. I didn't want to go like, okay, let's go three, let's go three running backs to start or three receivers to start. I wanted some balance. I think balance is important in a fourteen teamer. Um, you know, it can work that you can do a, a heavy strategy. Team thirteen next to me went three receivers, a quarterback, a tight end, and another receiver before he took this first running back. That might work. He was the only guy that did that. But can you make it that I can see the uh, grid? Uh, yeah, I posted the link uh, my, uh, on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, I did. I, I, I posted it in, in the chat forum too, and it's on Twitter. I, I posted a link to that there. Uh, let's see if I can, I'll send a uh, DM it to you there, but, uh, at any rate, um, yeah, you, you can see, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll get it to you real quick here while we're talking, but basically, uh, what you're looking at, my article will be up on the site shortly after our podcast. Unfortunately, I didn't have it, didn't have time to finish beforehand, but, uh, at any rate, you're, you're picking. You're picking twelve. I'm picking twelve. I wanted to pick late. I want. I was either wanted to go pick one, get CMC because I think there is a big difference between him and Cook, um, or just go towards the back. And twelfth was my second choice overall. I wanted. I think I'm 12, 13, 14, 11, something something of that nature because that you'll you'll see that there's a big drop off in the third round, and that's what, kind of what I was doing. Now, of course, I think there's. Uh, you know, there's another drop off at like the four or five after that, but I, I, I was pretty happy with my choices at 3.3. Although that was one of the important things I was trying to do is make sure I had a, had, had something lined up the way I wanted to get there. So, um, you know, that, that is something I was looking at there a little bit. Uh, there we go. Sorry. Uh, bear with me there. Okay. Um, so that, that was something I, I, I really wanted to get a late pick and I think it worked out the way I wanted to. So, First round, though, I had mapped out the first round, and I was like, okay, pie in the sky, Taylor. Of course, he's never going to slip. Second choice is Jones. I would love to get him. Third choice is Nick Chubb. I might get him. There's a pretty good chance. A good chance. I would have said you were a favorite to get him. Yeah. If all all else fails, Tyreek Hill, I'll still be pretty happy. Well, Taylor went fifth. Okay, he's not going late anymore. Uh, That's just not happening. Aaron Jones, he goes ninth. Like, ah, okay, Kelsey goes tenth. It's kind of relieved. I like Kelsey, and I'm willing to take him, but I really didn't want to have to. I'm like, all right, Nick Chubb, it's coming. Nope, right before me, Nick Chubb goes 11. All right, Tyreek Hill it is. Uh, not, not, nothing too controversial there. 
you could I could have gone Barkley there. I could have gone if I want or Gibson if I really wanted to pull the running back. I didn't. Diggs and Gibson go, then Hopkins and Ridley. And here I am. We talked about this before. Two seventeen, two point three. Now, do I take the windfall in Barkley? This is where I'm put to the test. Um, I thought I was willing to do it, but I also had Metcalf available to me. And I was really, I really love Metcalf. You love Metcalf. We, we've talked about this before. End of the day, I couldn't take Barkley. I just couldn't do it. I, I know the news is on him is actually pretty good. It looks like he's going to play in week one. Yep. They have a short turnaround in week two. They did say he's going to be limited in week one, though. They did say he's not going to get that full workload. I just don't want to take that with my first back. I just, I just couldn't do it, especially when Metcalf was there. If hot, if it's Hopkins versus Barkley. You take Barkley. I think Metcalf. I think it was Metcalf is such a beast that you were like, I yeah. can't turn this down for something I'm not 100 sold on. And I, I get it. I would have taken mm -hmm. Barkley, but I can't. I can't really knock you for Metcalf because he's so he has so much upside himself. I just look at Barkley and I think, let's say he wasn't limited. Let's say they just gave him a clean bill of health and like he's good as new. He's fine. Let's say they right. spun it that way. He is what he is, right? So they call it fine, or they're being cautious, or whatever they call it. He is able to play in week one, so he's healthy. They may ease him in, but he's able to play. That's the key. And um, where would Barkley go with, with a clean bill of health? Let's say his knee injury would re resolve by March, and there was no question about this all summer, that he was practicing in full all, you know, yeah, he's right. fine. He's good as new. Let's say it wasn't even a, a – let's say it was a, a more minor injury, you know, like a hand injury that kept him out all year or something, and, and that, you know, he's good as new. He'd be going in the top three or four. I mean, it's Barkley. He was going second last year. He got hurt in week one, early week two. Nothing really changed. He had a bad week one where he got stuffed. So maybe people remember that, but he's a top five guy that. for sure. For yeah. sure. You know, if, if he has a clean bill of health. So you're getting like a pretty big discount in round two of a 14 teamer uh, based on, oh, we're going to ease him in. You know, to me, like, because he's healthy. Like he wouldn't be playing if he was comfortable. He's not going to let him play if he's not completely healthy. It's just, right. they might want to just, you know, just because you're supposed to do that. I don't know. And I think he could get back to full speed in two, three weeks. So um, I would have still taken Barkley, but I really can't knock a Metcalf pick. I think that Metcalf so easily could be wide receiver one. Yeah, that's that's the way I viewed it there. By the way, I wasn't the only one that passed up on Barkley. The next two teams also passed up on Barkley. C.D. Lamb went 18th overall. Uh, over Allen, over Jefferson, over A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. I mean, that that's faith in your guy. That's getting your guy right there. And then Najee Harris went ahead of Barkley, too. Well, uh, Najee so Harris, I can see. So Najee Harris is going to get, you know, 270 carries and 50, 60 catches. I mean, there's Najee Harris is like, that's an easy call. You know, I mean, Najee Harris yeah. could easily go where Chubb went or Aaron Jones went or Eckler went. Mm -hmm. So that, but that just shows how, how fluid it is in these couple of rounds. But yeah, I, I love Barkley uh, where they got him there. Yeah. So the only thing for me, though, is now I'm starting to draft with two receivers, uh, which, you know, it's okay. It's just, it, it, it's, you get out of the first two rounds and you kind of don't want that running back. But I got my running back in the third round. My, I got James Robinson in the third. Uh, I took him over Godwin. I took him over David Montgomery if I, if I was looking for a different running back. The choice for me was really Robinson versus Montgomery. I, I Part of me really wanted Chris Godwin because it would have been a six-start Hill, Hill Metcalf yeah, Godwin. great start. Uh, but I also – I just I, – I really wanted that 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 – possible three down running back. I know Carlos Hyde could be the fly in the ointment, but I don't see him being a pass catcher. I, I see Robinson having clear production. I know he's not, you know, Urban Meyer's guy, but I mean, the guy produced, he's good. 
And, you know, with no ETN, he's, he's going to catch some passes. I know Hyde's not going to catch those passes. So I, I'm pretty confident he's a three down back. And that's yeah. why I went with him. So I don't love that. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad pick. I would have gone Godwin. Yeah. Um, or Deontay Johnson, one of those two. Um, just to just play, you know, if you're going to lean into that receiver start, lean all the way into it. Um, zero RB, that shit. Um, and, you know, I, I do like, you know, guys like Gus Edwards, Damon Harris, um, Miles Sanders. You got Sermon, who I really like in round six. So I think you could have zero RB'd it without, you know, being completely, you know, left in the lurch. Like the danger of zero RB is like Naheem Hines and Tony Pollard mm-hmm. or your starters. Like that's, that's too far, right? But yeah, you could have done it, right? Because you could have, in round five, you could have taken uh, Miles Sanders. Oh, no, you couldn't have in round five. He was gone. Um, right. So you, you would have taken round four. So that's a Jacob Sanders. It's a preference thing. I would have preferred Sanders, but that's fine. You obviously just. I could have gone Jacob Edwards, though. I could have gone Jacob, Damian Harris. That That's that's what yeah. I was looking at if I waited. So, I mean, yeah. and I would have passed on getting the, 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 the upper tier tight end. Right. That was actually the other real choice for me is do I take the tight end, the last of that tier? And I did. I like Mark Andrews a lot. I like him better than Pitts. I like him better than Hawkinson. Uh, so when it was, if it was, if it was Andrews that went and I had to choose Hawkinson or another receiver or another, another back, I probably pass on Hawkinson. Um, I've, I've kind of decided on that one there at first, at first, I think I was higher on Hawkinson. I've just, I've kind of scaled back my expectations of him just a little bit. Cause I, I, we are ta- you and I have talked a lot like, okay, he was kind of the game in town anyhow. And that that's what he did. Now right. maybe there's another level. Uh, but I, I think that at the, the the absence of name receivers doesn't necessarily foretell a big jump in production for a Hawkinson. Right. I, I think they only lost Marvin Jones. I mean, it's not like you know. They and Galladay. No, but Galladay wasn't there last year. He was out the whole year. Yeah. So they, so last year they didn't even have Galladay, and he had 67 catches in 16 games. You know, it's sort of like now the argument for him is he the eighth overall pick, and this is year three, so he might get better. Yeah. Um, and if he's better. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's the only game in town as much. And maybe because golf is worse, it actually helps him because a lot of the worst quarterbacks lock in on the guy they trust more rather than a good quarterback that throws at the guy who's open. So um, we'll see. There's upside there. I love, I love Andrews. I have him ahead of Hawkinson. Andrews is sort of, if healthy, he can't miss. He's going to get it seven, eight touchdowns. Right. He's going to get 800 yards. He's just really good. And Lamar Jackson likes him and the receiving core is decimated. So I like Andrews fine there. Um, I almost took him myself. And I really like Sermon in round six. So um, I think getting Sermon is important because you have two decent backs, but now you have a guy who can really be. Who, who could be an RB1 if, you yeah. know, if everything breaks right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it could fill in. And it's just you needed that extra back. So, um, yeah. And it's also a 14 team league. So you can't critique it like it's a 12 team. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, a couple other observations. But first, a note from our friends at Vivid Seats. Preseason football has wrapped up and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback, and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show that everybody's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today vivid seats experience it live all right um i I mentioned earlier helium guys we talked about jerry judy he went at 4.8 in this draft keep in mind that's a little later than it did 
It's, it's more. It's later than you think it is because uh, it's four three and a twelve in yours, four eight in mine. But Marquez Callaway went four point six, pick forty eight overall. Marquez Callaway, you know he he's been established as the number one guy for now in New Orleans with Michael Thomas out for at least the first six weeks. Traquan Smith was banged up in camp. We saw Callaway have a big training camp and a big preseason. That's two touchdowns to get ja- against Jacksonville and made some r- really nice catches on those catches too. Uh, but wow, that's doc, talk about getting your guy. That's getting your guy. Yeah, he went like in round eight or seven in my league, and I didn't even yeah. consider it. Maybe six, maybe one round six, and I didn't even consider. I was like, oh yeah, he goes. I might be wrong. I had him really low. I bumped him up just to like put myself more in line with the market slightly. But you're not going to get him on my cheat sheet. Um, he, there's nothing physically remarkable about him. He's six two two oh five. Ran a four five five. Made some plays on a televised game in preseason. Um, Traquan Smith, who knows what his status is. He was could be out for the year. He could be back week one. Sean Payton doesn't say anything. So I'm just kind of like, all right, so here's the guy who's there for now before Michael Thomas comes back. Um, maybe he'll get a ton of targets. I I don't know. I, and so I just can't put him ahead of guys that I feel like I know that, you know, guys like even, I don't even like Tyler Boyd, but Tyler Boyd's going to get targets and catches. Brandon Cooks is going to get targets and catches. Um, What's Callaway's role for the whole year? I don't know. I ended up giving him a decent number, but it puts him at 49. So you're not getting him if you're using my list. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and in fact, I know you're right because I keep scrolling to mark him off every time right. that yeah, he gets drafted. Yeah. Like, where is he? Same with Cole Beasley. Same with, there, there's a handful of guys. Every time they go, I'm like, okay, how low does Chris have him here? I like that. Because I always use our draft tool, right? And it's your projections. And so I was like, okay, scroll, scroll. There he is. Okay, fine. Corey Davis. Same I mean, thing. Beasley, I, I like I think Beasley's a good player. He's, you know, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's just no ceiling, you know. And there's Gabriel Davis there with digs. And there's also uh what's his name? Uh uh, you know, the, uh, the old guy, uh Emmanuel Sanders, right, is right, there. Right. And I guess they have not much of a tight end, they don't throw to the backs much, so it's always just those four guys, but Mm-hmm. I guess maybe, I mean, Beasley to me, like his ceiling is like Jarvis Landry is the ceiling or it just doesn't seem very exciting to draft that guy. Yeah. So wide receivers are a big focus of this. You know, there's a lot of these guys that are getting pushed up. I wanted Elijah Moore in the eighth. I missed by two, but I got Miko Hardman, who was another guy that's kind of a helium guy. I actually earlier in draft season, I had Hardman ranked ahead of more and that still might be right because could be the number two in the Chiefs offense, well, number three option behind Kelsey, I guess you could say. It. But number two wide receiver, uh, I mean, are you back in the Chiefs, are you back in the Jets? Well, I think I'd rather back the Chiefs. Uh, I, I Believe it or not, I think I made a mistake in the ninth round when getting Trevor Lawrence. Even though I have Chark and Robinson, I like Lawrence a lot. There was only one other team at that point that hadn't drafted a quarterback. And wide receivers were starting to dry up. You know, I, I think in a 14 teamer, you don't realize how quickly they dry up. I could have taken Michael Gallup there. I could have, or Rondale Moore or Hollywood Brown, you know, whoever your guy is there. I think it dries up pretty quickly after that. And I, I think I could have taken my chances. Burrow and Mayfield went in the intervening picks. Who knows? Lawrence might have been in there for me in the 10th round. I, I think there's a diff, qualitative difference between like Michael Gallup and Jalen Rager, who I ended up with in the 10th. Well, Rager in some ways has more upside than Gallup, but Gallup is in a 14 really valuable because yep. he's almost certainly going to get like 900 yards and six or seven touchdowns if, if he's healthy. And I, I kind of agree with that, that, um, that that's just, that's worth taking. And you should have gambled on the QB, especially because even if you miss out on Lawrence, 
it's not the end of the world, right? It's not like a right. must-have guy. I mean, I like Lawrence. Right. I think there's upside. Um, but, you know, you could have got, you know, you got Matt Ryan in round 13. Uh, where did Cousins go? Round 14. So um, I think those guys are perfectly fine if you're not, you know, Lawrence, if he runs a lot, is going to, could do a lot better than those guys. But mm-hmm. A, he might have been there, and B, it wouldn't have been, you know, devastating for you to have missed him. Yeah, that's that's why I uh, think. Yeah, that that's why I think I sh- I would have waited on that. Um, I took Lawrence over Burrow because uh, the coordination between you know the Chark and, and Lawrence. You kind of it's it's a bonus. Plus, I am worried a little bit more about the Bengals' offensive line. I think Burrow is great, uh, but I don't know if he's going to be able to step in the pocket confidently. Yeah, they're still trying to figure out the interior of that offensive line. You know, who who's the starters at both guard spots are still an issue for the Bengals. I don't think that's been completely resolved. Jackson Carmen, the guy they drafted in the second round, might not even be the second string. You know, it, another whiff on a draft pick at, at, at often on the offensive line. Now, it's early to call it a whiff. He could still be, he still could be good eventually. But you know, reported to camp out of shape. You know, things like that. It's just it's frustrating to see. And I'm a Bengals fan. Just. For the, for the record here. So it, it, I'm an anti-homer. For now. For now, you're a Bengals fan. Uh, if so, I haven't quit by now, I'm not going to. I mean, they've given me all the reason quits. in the world to quit. Real man quits right away. Listen, the Giants are a really good team to jump to, Jeff. I'm telling you. Let's let's do this. One of these videos, we're going to convert you to a Giants fan. I'll convert you, man. It's better. It's a better run organization. If I'm going to convert, it's going to be like to the Chargers or something. Someone local. The Chargers are a team that uh, sold out their entire city. You can't be a Chargers fan. I wasn't a San Diego guy, though. I mean, I know, although, but, but it's still, you, it's, it's just a carpet it's, bag owner. I get it. Yeah, yeah you're right. One of the worst That's of the fair. worst. Can't be a That's actually fan. a good point. You're right. No, no Chargers. That's right. I'll go. Yeah. Okay. I see the thing Giants, is like, Giants is a great one to jump to because they haven't been good. So nobody, there's you too know, many you're, Giants. You're not like Stefania Bell, like, you know, jumping on the Niners when they got good. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you're, you actually uh, would be clean slate, bad team right now. No one respects the Gettle Chad. And you get in on the ground floor. It's a it's a good proposition. Think I about it. Jeff. I can't I can't I can't go to the Giants. Yeah. I can't. Just can't. I don't like them. I dislike them. Why would you dislike uh, the Giants? The Giants are annoying. Are <laughs> you know, it's just because of me that you don't like well, the Giants. Oh yeah, they are annoying, Chris. They. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's only because of me. Because <laughs> otherwise, right. they're they're not annoying at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, we'll we'll leave that aside. It's weird. You had to run. I was just looking at this: Stafford, Lawrence, Burrow, Mayfield. It's a run on number one overall pick quarterbacks in your yeah. league. It's like all the yeah. guys who win number one. Um, I I like Lawrence. I think if Lawrence is healthy, um, he can't really fail. I mean, when have we seen a guy, you know, Andrew Luck was a monster his rookie year. When have we seen a guy who's like the guy, the generational guy fail in most sports? I mean, you look at like, you know, LeBron when he came out and it's like right. LeBron. I mean, I'm talking about the generational guy, you know, not just like, oh, he's good. He's the number one prospect. Right, right, right. Yeah. Lawrence has been the number one pick for three years running. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean, we've known it's coming. When do we, you know, and that's why I, I like Pitts too. It's not like, oh, it's OJ Howard. Look at, you know, stud tight end who didn't do anything in college, but he's big and fast and looks really good. Um, I, I just feel like this is, if once the game starts, he's going to be really good. It's like, if you're that, it, it's kind of like kickers and defense, right? Like we only deal with the extremes. We only get the guy that's on the best team and kicks 58-yard field goals. Otherwise, wait, except what I did. Well, I got him like the 18th round, but still. Um, you know, or defense. It's like, don't take the sixth defense in the 14th round or the 16th round. Like, just wait once the elite ones are off. And it's kind of like with these overall prospects, it's like the elite generational guys are different. Like, they just 
so rarely fail. They can get hurt, obviously. But if they're healthy, they just don't really fail very often. And yeah. it's so Lawrence to me, and, and this day and age, the quarterbacks are good out of the gate. You know, it's not like this three year waiting period. So um, I'm on board with it. And if he's good, you're not going to care that you moved up, reached around. Right. 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 I did back him up with Matt Ryan, who's going to throw the ball a ton, get the yep. one veteran to go with the rookie. Yep. Uh, hopefully, you know, it squares up well with bye weeks and, and all, all that. So kind of, kind of ha- handle it that way. Um, overall, I like the team and it's, you know, the second half of the draft. I mean, those are important picks. We, we haven't really kind of de- de- delved into them too much, but I also got Gronk. Uh, I got the Broncos defense, which where's a big defensive run in round tough, 14. Tough week one matchup for the Broncos though, Jeff. Yeah, G-Men. That's one of the reasons why. Yeah, I might become a Broncos fan. That's who I could become. Friends of uh, the Broncos, lame, lame fan base. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not true. They're they're a crazy good fan base. Eh, I don't know. I'll go with the Broncos. If you reject the Giants, you can't go to the Broncos. We smoked the Broncos in that Super Bowl too. Broncos are soft. Yeah, you see uh, what I mean about annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, but let's look at all the overlap we have. You and I both have. Um, we both have Lawrence. Rieger, Hubbard, Gronk, four in all a row. four in a row. Yeah. Yep. And then we both got. I got Elijah Mitchell late too, just because. I you know the thing about Elijah Mitchell, he runs like a four three something, four three three forty. Mm-hmm. And if and when Moster gets hurt, okay, Sermon's the guy. But like, actually, Elijah Mitchell can just do the Mostert role. You have this back that when the hole opens up in the zone uh, blocking scheme, this guy can you know take it seventy yards, and it's like the he's like the perfect fill-in for Mostert. He's like the only guy as fast as Mostert. So um, I just think he's interesting late also in an unsettled backfield because they got rid of Goldman. They kept Elijah Mitchell. And so yeah. Sermon might be good. He might not. You know, we don't know. And and Mostert's very fragile. And that's the third guy. I mean, James Hasty's around too. But, you know, I, I think Mitchell's kind of a good last-round flyer. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing is they're, you know – there's four, all four uh, Niners backs were drafted. I got two of them and, uh, and, and another team got, I uh, uh, got two of them as well. And so that was kind of interesting that we kind of played it that way. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's hasty versus Mitchell and sermon versus Mostert. Basically it's, it's kind of funny. Neither of us got like the top two. I mean, but you, that's the thing is you can't get sermon and Mostert really. I mean, you could, but I don't think it's a smart play. Because you're you're taking away a guy, you don't you, you don't want you're not going to start both of them in a given week. You don't want I mean, you could in a, in a you know like against the Lions week one, but um, I yeah I, I, it's not great. Uh, but actually, it could be good if if one of them gets hurt, you know. And mm-hmm. but I, I think the Niners are going to have sort of a rotation anyway. The only guy I think could handle it might be Sermon, and we don't know that, but that he's younger and bigger, and uh, you know most of it's really light. So I think Sermon, I think that's why he's appealing is that he could be the 250 carry, 45 catch guy, whereas Mostert, I just don't think can do it. I got into an argument with Dalton on the podcast. We were arguing because he was saying Mostert had upside, and I was basically saying, well, I don't think he can get enough carries to get upside. And he's like, but if he did have the carries, which is true, but I just think it's like there's no way he gets 200 carries. So um, I think Sermon's definitely the, the guy you want out of those two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's the way I feel about that too. I, I – yeah, I, I don't mind taking Mostert a little bit later than Sermon, just to, if that's what's available. In this case, though, Mostert went ahead of Sermon, so by about a round. So Ken Magner, by the way, is the guy who took him. And Ken Ken's a good guy. I know him from baseball, too. Uh, so it was fun to kind of draft with him. He's also a Bengals fan. The other Bengals fan that's oh. 
in this world. So, no, I thought Clay uh, Link wasn't Clay Link a Bengals fan? Eh, I know he's also, a Reds uh, fan. I don't think oh, he cares. I thought I don't it was a Bengals fan. The and then what he about Andre is. Sellings? The professor is a Bengals. Yeah, fan. We're, we're we just doubled our, our our in number there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Yeah. all right. Uh, any other parting thoughts before we sign off today, Chris? No, uh, I'm happy with my draft. I'm excited for the season to start. I'm sure it'll be very miserable when all the things that I thought aren't actually true. And, you know, right. you got to deal like everything every year. Um, but um, this is the best time. This is when everything is still intact except Travis Etienne. Yeah. And we're about to start our regular rotation. Uh, we'll do guess the lines tomorrow on Sirius XM. Yeah. Uh, you know, value meter comes out. Uh, we'll be doing staff picks again. Uh, you know, lots of stuff there. We're going to be hit- hitting up. So, Looking forward to that Survivor talk on the show this week. So very looking forward to uh, all that. So it should be a lot of fun. Yep. All right. Uh, Thanks to WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, for uh, their exclusive sponsorship of the Rotowire podcast all fall. Uh, We got uh, Joe and Jake coming at you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.